are going to be talking about tokenization of people of color or newcomers to Canada. Please share your <laughs> terrible experiences with me. Oh, you know, it's I I feel like it's happened to me a lot in my life. I, when you're younger, you just want to fit in. You just want to have fun. You just want to hang out with people. And also, I've had a lot of diverse friends too, but I think the one that the one that hurt the most or the most recent one was when I was living in Ottawa and yeah. I have my thoughts about Ottawa and I, you might just be some people might disagree with me but I think Ottawa is a the part of Ottawa that I knew was very woke but it was very white liberal feministy woke and there was not a lot of room for um diversity of thought like if you disagreed basically there's always just some some kind of kerfuffle like people were just like oh you don't agree with that that's it's a cool word yeah it was just like and it's just like kerfuffle <laughs> um but people of color are allowed to have you know different thoughts from you and people of color are allowed to have thoughts and perspectives that sometimes may not align with liberal perspectives or point of views and might be deemed as quote-unquote detrimental but I think when you assume that every person of color is going to want to have the same liberal dreams as you that's in itself racist and treating them as monoliths because it's assuming that you think you know what's best for them and you're not regarding their individual experiences um now I'm not saying I agree with everybody I'm not agreeing with every BIPOC Trump supporter I'm still baffled but I also completely understand the diversity of thought and experiences in which they might want that for themselves but um, I had a friendship for years and it just, it got to a point where it got emotionally heavy. It was just really hard. Every time I'd leave, I felt drained. I felt like all we talked about was like heavy political topics. And and the worst ones were when we didn't agree or we didn't see eye to eye. And um, I think a lot of it was just that that person wanted me to view the world from their perspective. And mm-hmm. I was constantly like a racial soundboard to prove how woke they were or how woke they thought. Yeah. They and when I didn't, my thought process didn't align with your wokeness or even throwing that word aside, but with your liberal ideologies, it was confusing. I think that person's brain was like, cannot compute, cannot compute, cannot compute. Like yeah. how can you be a black person that also wants to participate in capitalism and make money cannot compute? Like, and I'm like, because I don't want to be poor. <laughs> like, because I understand the damages of what certain things do to people of color, but I also know the benefits that it can also do. And because my ex- my lived experience is not a one-sided monolith, I'm allowed to have nuanced thought. And it just got to a point where it was, it was just so much. It felt like, anytime we didn't agree it was just this huge thing where it's like you're my friend you're supposed to be me for me and I felt like you just saw me as a skin color and you saw me as a soundboard for your liberal ideologies and when it didn't work you were so confused about how to rearrange your ideologies and your values you didn't see Mm -hmm. me as a person and I just couldn't do that anymore I didn't feel good to me and I didn't feel honest to myself And I also just didn't need that. And so I kind of sort of ghosted that friend and it wasn't the nicest thing to do, but it was what I needed to do for myself because I was just so tapped out emotionally because I didn't feel like a human being anymore. I just felt like a soundboard. No, and that's valid. I mean, you have to set the boundaries that you should for yourself. I mean, honestly, as people of color, in my opinion, we endure too much for us to keep kind of being kind all the time I feel like it's an expectation that's always set on us that shouldn't be the case in my opinion because it's sometimes we've put up with too much that kindness is no longer the answer in my opinion it's just not um and it's funny recently so because I'm a streamer on a platform uh for video games and things like that there are usually like streamer teams 
um, where people will, I don't know, just be a team of streamers, okay? It's a team of 50 people. There were four people of color. Four. Okay. okay. Math is mathing. Math is mathing, for real. And I would keep being told that we're, we're trying to get diversity. We're trying, we're trying, we're trying, we're trying. We just didn't get enough, enough like, BIPOC, like, applications or whatever. But as time went by, I started seeing that the excuse here was, we do have a person of color. Have you not seen, like, me? Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I was like, I'm, I'm, the- I'm the token. <laughs> I'm, I'm a token person of color right now. Like, what is happening? And it just, like, that was the first time in my life that I actually felt tokenized. And it just felt so icky. It's the only word I can describe it because it's like, the people who are the leaders of this team were my friends, but they still managed to tokenize you. Yeah. And how do you navigate that mentally? Yeah. So, like, how did you only see me as a color versus a human being? Actually, like, really alarming to me because the people on the team, they had very insightful, privileged opinions. Oh, yeah. Specifically for things that hurt other minorities, like the trans community. Yeah. Um, Things like... I don't know if you know this, but there's a new awful wizard game that is coming out. Essentially, these people who very much know that it funds a person who is incredibly transphobic, right? Oh, okay. I see. They're going to be, exactly. They're they're saying they won't play it publicly on their their public platform because they don't want to perpetuate the idea, but they will still buy it and play play it privately because they don't want other people's opinions. And the only thing in my head that started playing was, oh, performative allyship, performative allyship. And so in that situation where I'm, I'm trying to educate them and teach them like, hey, supporting is still supporting. Like, I'm sorry, these people's lives matters more than your nostalgia. I don't care. They keep throwing more and more arguments about how I am being radical. I am being a radical person of color. And I am just being an ang- angry person of color. And I was just, wow. Like, in that moment, I have never felt more out of place. Yeah. Seriously. You know the, the meme with Arthur and, and his fists? Like, yeah, <laughs> that's just me. Oh, I love. And this is my problem with, like, woke liberal people, right? Because I feel like when people don't like you, it's so easy. I know you don't like me. I know you don't want me to come here. I don't know. You, I know you don't want me to sit here. So I won't come. I won't sit and I won't talk to you. It's so easy. But the problem with people that are very woke and liberals, because they also have, adopt a mentality of, like, hard rights and hard wrongs. There's no in between. Uh-huh. However, it's only when it suits them. And it's only when it's convenient to them. But when people of color say, oh, wait, wait, but like, no, no, like, that's that's a problem. They're like, eh, you're being a little too radical for me. You know, it's not that deep. But when you present them with something that's confusing, yeah. they try to, they go into course correct and tell you that you're wrong from your lived experience. This is why I'm so, I'm so cautious of making friends with people that are like incredibly like woke because I want somebody that's an ally, but not somebody that's trying to champion because I feel like there's more damage to be done when you're when you're doing that. And the thing about what you were expressing is the same thing about when you're being fetishized or when you're being tokenized because they're both the same sides of one coin. It's yeah. the exact same experience, whether you're being fetishized or you're being tokenized, right? Um, you're still being racialized and it's all comes down to the way people perceive you based on a set of stereotypes, even if they think you're more evolved and advanced and they don't think that way. And 
the painful part about it when you come to that realization is because it's people, it's often people that you've trust, it's people you've built a bond with, it's people you've shared your life with, and you've created a space for them. And they still don't see you for you. They just see you as a representation of what you are. And it hurts. It hurts a lot because as people of color or whatever identities <laughs> that it is that we are, when we wake up, we don't think, hmm, today I'm gay. We wake up thinking, what does Rosalind want to eat today? Or like, you know, what am I going to do today? You think about the the little acts, day-to-day acts that you do that makes up your life, right? And yeah. of course, those acts is informed by our experiences. However, we don't wake up thinking of us ourselves as ident- as multiple identities. No human being does that. And so when you meet people that you trust, it's you're hoping that they see you as, as the series of actions and things that you do on a day-to-day that you do for each other, that you experience together. And then when the veil finally drops and you realize, oh no, they see me as the black Rosie. <laughs> yeah. Like they've in their head, I'm black Rosie. I'm not just Rosie. It changes everything because you realize that that foundation is a lie. Yeah, it's it's almost like they they take you in as a friend solely to reassure themselves that they are quote unquote woke, woke. or quote unquote diverse yeah. and not racist. You know what's what's really funny is like I'm not one to talk about a lot of my experiences that have happened to me, like my negative experiences that have happened to me. Like I'm not one to like in my friend group. I'm not gonna be like let me tell you about how somebody called me the n word when I was getting on the bus. Like it's just it's a downer. Like who wants to you know I'm with my friends. Let's have a good time. Let's have some drinks or whatever it is that we're gonna do. Let's have a good time. Um, and even often at times when those really shitty painful things happen, I mainly want to talk to people who can relate too, right? Because yeah. they, they'll know, they'll understand. And so I find that like a lot of my friends that are white um, have often not heard my negative experiences. And because of that, they just assume that I've just never encountered anything mm-hmm. racist or whatever. And so there's a lot of assumptions they'll make about me. And so when something happens and I'm like, hey, that's not that's not right. You can't say that. And they'll be like, oh, why? And then I'll be like, well, you know, like I'll explain to them. And they'll be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Can you tell me more? And it's like this weird like obsession with your pain. Like they want to pull it apart. They want to unravel it. They want to see it. It's like fascinating. And I realize it's because they want to sit at their family dinners or their groups with their other similar looking people, their book clubs or whatever the hell it is. And somebody's going to say something wrong or their dad or their grandma is going to say something wrong. Like, no, my friend, she went through this and this and this. And it's not okay because they want to use you to solidify their values, their quote unquote values. They wanna use you to solidify the way they feel about themselves. They And they need those examples because if you have a, a perfectly fine, happy per- friend of color that's never been through anything traumatic, then what's what are you really doing? What are you really doing to make the world a better place? It's really, um, it's really the same thing as like, I'm not racist, my friend is black. Yeah, it is. It's just okay. the other side of the other side of the coin, yeah. I love that, I love that phrase yeah yeah it's it's essentially something that happened recently where someone screamed allahu akbar at me he's like, i'm not racist my sister's boyfriend is arab i was just trying to bond but one people who are islam are not just is not just arab people and not all arab people are islam and there's like people from all over the world that are muslim and so inherently that is racist because you you made a, a stereotypical racial assumption. Yeah. The thing is, I'm pretty sure he did it as a result of a lot of violent actions that happen in very evident past events that are very tied to Islamophobia. Yeah. Um, 
but then had had it pass under the guise of I'm just trying to relate to you which I was just like do you even know what it means yeah do you even know what it means any word of that what you just said to me it's just a very entertaining conversation in my opinion if anything at that point you know when you're so desensitized to it that it just becomes funny yeah but just like you said you can tell that they don't like you and so it's just mentally easy yeah but the moment that it's somebody that you've trusted yeah. for a long time and then all of a sudden their true colors show that really freaking hurts yeah so listen if y'all want to be racist at least be upfront about it i mean don't be racist but if you want to be at least be upfront be clear so we know where this where we could stay clear from exactly white people that have friends of color mm-hmm. so like i've got great white friends and i realize yeah. the great white friends that i have are mainly from the gta or mainly from neighborhoods that like were predominantly diverse and so mm-hmm. they got all their weird stuff out of the way earlier on and learned really quickly and adapted which is like my favorite type of white person to befriend and I find like the the other ones are people that didn't necessarily grow up in diverse neighborhoods and then later on in life and I think a lot of the times they have this strong sense of self-assurance so like yeah 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 I know my values I would never do this I would never say this I would never do that and sometimes in that very headstrong state in itself is problematic because you're still minimizing or seeing us as as monoliths right and I think the best thing to do is like of course have your values have your sets and your standards but also be flexible hear other perspectives and sometimes that will change your deeply entrenched deep biases that you might not even know that you have but when you're so hardcore like you were saying like you know these are people that would be like oh you know I protect trans lives and all this and then the moment it comes like oh we're gonna privately play this nobody sent you to be on the the forefront of protecting trans lives nobody they didn't come to ask you for that right mm-hmm. if you want to be an ally figure out how you could be a good ally not a performative ally they don't need to see your face right and maybe that would even soften the blow if you were like oh, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to be a good ally to trans people. I donate to trans organizations, but I really want to play Harry Potter. Then there's more room for people to understand, okay, I don't agree, but I understand what, you know, X, Y, Z. But it's always just like this hardcore, we have these lines, moral lines we can never cross. And then, but when it's for us, we're willing to to break the rules and be flexible. But when it's about you, well, no. I think it's a very white knight complex yeah and I think it's just really important if you are not a person of color or you are a person of color but you are trying to be an ally for another like minority I think it's really important that you don't speak over voices yeah just listen listen and uplift you should not be speaking for anybody else ever that you can speak for yourself (laughs) but always just uplift others And honestly, if you haven't heard anybody else speak about it, then you need to diversify your social circle because I can guarantee you there are people speaking about it Yeah, and uplift them. And if you have a social circle that doesn't uplift these kinds of topics, I urge you to step out of that and try to educate yourself more because that is incredibly problematic. And just stop seeing your friends of color as people of color and start to see them for who they are. Of course, what they look like will make up their experiences but who they are is not just what they look like right and if a friend tells you I don't agree with this and they tell you why inquire don't ask questions don't automatically be like you're being radical because it makes you uncomfortable because you're not really being an ally it's it's self-serving if your allyship is self-serving stay at home
we don't want to see you at the rallies. <laughs> Stay at home. Stay Leave us out of your bio. Stop hashtagging. <laughs> Please stop saying BLM. Yeah. It's not actually. Yeah. Like, if mm. you're going to put your money into these organizations that you knowingly know, or these people that you know, because really that, that financial investment is really what continues to perpetrate the violence against, you know, different communities. They yeah. have the, the means to do so. If you know you're going to do it, please don't remove the hashtags. Don't say anything. Sit on the sidelines. Ask how you can help. Just see it's just people. Yeah. I think that's the ultimate way to stop tokenizing. Because even surprise, surprise, people of color have diverse and nuanced experiences.